guys. Welcome to Slash Report. I'm Prue, and as ever, I'm joined by my partner in crime, MK. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and this week, we are also joined by Penny Plain Knits, who is going to be helping us discuss the wonderful world of Podfic. Welcome to the Slash Report, Penny. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We're always really surprised when we email people and, like, we get a response. <laughs> I know. I did a little dance. It was very embarrassing. No, I mean, like, <laughs> at this point, like, people should know better. But I, I guess the persistence of hope exists. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> they think they so, can change us, but they can't. No. 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 <laughs> they keep I I was actually so apparently guys, um, in case you're looking for some funny stuff to read on the internet, someone has set up a TV tropes page for us. No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like so telling that one of like one of the first three tropes we've ever accumulated is mutually assured destruction. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, this is definitely the advertisement for the exactly podcast that you want to be part of. No, no, funny something and I were discussing this last night, and we decided that when we share our fanish weaknesses, it makes us stronger. Okay, guys, just to, for the listeners, this is the context of that decision, no. right? This is like when this is like when drug addicts like get together and they're like, "No, man, people just don't understand how fucking amazing doing heroin is." These two asshats were sitting out there, like basically huddled on a dirty mattress in some flop house in fandom, reading fucking like Teen Wolf fic and tapping out their veins. Less than six months after you swore that you wouldn't touch Teen Wolf with like a ten foot furry pole with thirty dicks on, like it's really good for me. I can't help it anymore. All right, guys, I think it's time for us to pull the furry ripcord. Start sending her stuff. She's weak. She no. needs the dragons making sweet love to other no. dragons. No. Sexy pit. No. <laughs> Don't take me down like the yeah. weak gazelle. Send her some sexy gazelle. No. Like, give her what she needs, folks. Give her what she needs. I hate you so much. You love me so much you don't even know what to do with yourself. Oh, my um, forever. All right. But digressing back to our actual topic, Penny. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Okay. Um, there's no eject button. It's too late to leave. <laughs> um, no, no. <laughs> no, you're stuck. Um, but one of the things I think uh, we were just talking briefly before we started recording um, one of the things I'm really interested in is how did Podfic happen? Because, or just, first of all, I guess, maybe explain what Podfic is for the people who have been living under a rock or without an iPod, so they don't know. Um, and how did it start? Okay, well, Podfic, very simply, is fanfic read aloud. And it generally comes in an MP3 format. And it's just, you find a story you like, you read it, you put it up there, and hopefully people listen to it. I don't really know when it started. No, when I started making it, which was 2008, and I'd been aware of it ever since I was in fandom. I should probably say I was quite a late bloomer, (laughs) (laughs) fandom-wise. And I didn't start, I wasn't really aware of it until I was easily in my 20s. And um, SGA, Stargate Atlantis, was my first fandom. And Stargate Atlantis has a lot of podfickers, so I was always aware it existed. But I know that um, Anatsuno um, had been reading Lord of the Rings um, and Low Trips stuff for years before that and in Who fandom there's fan-made audio dramas going right the way back 
all the way back existing on tapes and you know reel-to-reel tape decks and everything so oh um Spanish made audio drama is actually lot has a longer history than we think um <laughs> but um for me um I started Popic in 2008, but there was people doing that, you know, three, four years before me easily. I've, I think in some fandoms, it's very, very well established, like SGA and a lot of the Canadian Six Degrees fandoms do sound. In Merlin, it's quite well established, right? Like yes. the first one of your podfics that mm-hmm. I remember ever listening to, and forgive me a thousand times if this wasn't actually you, I was so <laughs> is the one where Arthur is adjudicating the court's romantic mishaps. Oh, oh three tasks. Yes. Yes, the the arbiter for suitable suitable suitors disputes. Yeah, and I remember listening to that and sitting there thinking, like, this woman is fucking amazing. (laughs) Oh, wow. I would actually have, like, some sort of tongue-related sprain (laughs) keep repeating that phrase. (laughs) It's really hard. (laughs) I had to edit so much. Well, yeah, there was loads in Merlin because, A, because I just think... In the first flush of Merlin fandom, there was just so many amazing writers writing stuff that I wanted to record. And also you have people like Faye Jay's Pandarus, Pandurus, who wrote um, The Student Prince. And because she's a pod flicker, she often records her own stuff as well. So there's like, there's really, really long fix that are available almost simultaneously as pod as well. And I think that probably contributed to um, Merlin being quite a big pod fandom. Oh man, that actually, I didn't know that she pod her own stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> The guilt, it's eating me up. To be fair. <laughs> it's, yeah, I have, like a, I have like a limit. Like, I refuse to do anything of mine that's, like, longer than, like, I don't know, 30K. Because I'm lazy. Yeah, I don't do a lot of mine. Um, I'll do it sometimes if people ask or if it's something that I know that they'll like. Like, I'll do it as a gift. Uh-huh. But for me, when, when I podfix something, it's it's almost like a wreck. So it feels kind of arrogant to perfect my own stuff. Going, hey, I'm awesome. No, 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 no. See, I don't think anybody else reads it that way. Although I find author podfics of their own stories to be the most interesting Mm -hmm. because anyone who has had their stories podficed before knows that everyone takes different editorial choices when they're Mm -hmm. the words yeah um just like in terms of emphasis and pacing and all this other stuff and especially in comedic stories it's Mm -hmm. so telling where people choose to drop those beats Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've had my stuff recorded and like people have bought just stuff that I didn't even know was in the text. Exactly. It's, it's fascinating. Just like some of the line readings of the dialogues, like where in my head it should be like shrieky and like over the top, they've decided to play it completely flat. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow, I did not anticipate that coming but it works really well it's like it's like it's like watching like 15 different interpretations of the same play right yeah it's really yeah. interesting stuff and completely masturbatory for the writer right like, <laughs> keep interpreting my text forever it's really yeah fun. listen thanks <laughs> well that's a really that's really like comforting to hear from from an author's point of view because for for a public like myself there's like that kind of tentative relationship with the author sometimes like I love it when authors love my stuff I mean, but it's not, there's no way to say it's not necessary that they talk to me about it, but I always like it. I always like it when they do. I totally get that. I think, I think the interesting thing there is, you're right. There is a strange sort of tension there, right? Because you're putting your own read on the story. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, who knows whether or not that lines up with what was in someone else's head. I mean, insofar as my opinion on this goes, like it doesn't really matter if Mm -hmm. person's read lines up with what's in my head, because I subscribe very much to the school of the author is dead. Mm -hmm. Like once I've released that story into the wild, 
mauled. Like it doesn't matter like what it does or who it mauls or like I'm no longer <laughs> legally liable for anybody's interpretation. And I obviously can't control what anybody reads or doesn't read into it because mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a different relationship with whatever they're reading. Like I'm going to get something completely different out of story A than you are. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know how people can get upset about that. It's like when people are angry about um, other fanfic authors, like jumping into their sandbox and yeah, their yeah, story yeah. universes. I was like, how can you be upset about that? That's got to be the ultimate compliment, mm-hmm. right? That someone is interested enough in your stuff that they want to perpetuate. It's like, it's like the reason you're writing fanfic to begin with. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. It's like hypocritical when people are like, oh, don't pod fic my work or don't write fan fiction that's inspired by or in the universe mm-hmm. of my fic. Like, Absolutely. Guys, it's fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. I, I can possibly understand why someone may not want to listen to a pod fic of their work. Um, there's something um, incredibly physical about pod fic in a way that other fan works aren't. Yeah. Uh, I, I can I can absolutely understand why someone would not want to listen to someone recording their work because it's suddenly very clear that there is a person behind <laughs> this work. There's, you know, you're, you're getting, you're getting me. Um, you're getting um, my voice. In some cases, you're getting actual tears. Um, and I can understand that it can be deeply uncomfortable for people. So I would never judge people for not wanting to listen to Podfic. I do find it sad when people don't want Podfic made. Yeah, no. That, that makes me sad. But, but I can understand people not wanting to listen to it, but I can't understand them not wanting other people to listen to it. Yeah, that, I don't know. Like, who understands any crazy writers' relationship with their creations, right? Like, writers are batshit. <laughs> it's so true. But I, I have, I've been thinking about this, about why podfic is so different. And the way you phrased it is perfect. How, like, you have a very different, different physical relationship with podfic than mm-hmm. you would with any other fan work. And I think it's because you have to engage with it for so much longer. Mm-hmm. Like when you're listening to Podfic, like it's not like when you're, I, it's almost like different than when you're reading. Like mm-hmm. reading, you can like skim through, but still get the essentials. If you're listening to Podfic, you're yeah. at the mercy of someone else's pacing, unless you want to like audio, like fast forward through the audio, <laughs> which is somehow different than skimming as reading. And there can be this terrible. Yeah. I, I think it's a very, uh, it's sort of immersive. And I think especially if you're listening to a story that you don't know, Mm-hmm. then you kind of what's what's coming up I don't I don't understand I, I don't know whether I can cope with this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit I yeah. just find that I'm happy not happy but you know I have no problem with skimming someone's written fan fiction but hitting mm-hmm. fast forward in a pod fic I'm like well no that's one disconcerting and two what am I gonna miss even if I know the story inside and out yeah it feels jarring mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I can relate with it. I've actually been, I've actually listened to people's podfics of my writing before and having fast forwarded been like weirded out. Like, wait, (laughs) it just happened in the middle. And like, in theory, I should know that. But the the experience, the physical experience of listening to it somehow changes it. I think also people like freak out because they're listening to audio porn sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is very true. I don't record much straight up porn. I'm not like um, Sophie who um, actually wrote a wonderful essay for Kink Bingo about Podfic as like a medium for kink. Um, that's not not really my my cup of tea. It's not that I think I'm very good at, so I don't tend to read it. But I do quite like the um, almost the subversive aspect of no one knowing what you're listening to. <laughs> it's like video um, Kindle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God, see, I'm. I get freaked out if I'm reading porn in public on my Kindle or if I'm listening to it. Like, if I'm listening to a podfic and I'm like, yeah, this story's really good. And all of a sudden they start having sex. I'm like, fuck. Can everyone on this subway tell? They can tell, can't they? 
They know. MK, they can definitely tell. <laughs> Whenever you are listening to, thinking about, or reading about sex, there's, I, I haven't told you this before, <laughs> I but hate your you. face actually turns this, like, green color, and the sex <laughs> just, like, flashes off of your forehead. It might as well. <laughs> I have one of those faces. <laughs> you have a narc face. You look completely like, like, you have a narc face. Don't worry about it. You can listen to as much fucking porn as you want. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay, narc face. Don't be proud of that. Too late. <sighs> so you just said you don't actually podfic much porn, Penny? Well, having said that. <laughs> <laughs> having said Take that, I just did some words of gangbang. I actually did record like an hour and a half of threesome band and porn a couple of months ago. Plus, um, that was it was fun. Um, <laughs> I think if I'm if I'm drawn to a story with a lot of sex, it also tends to be a story that has deep sort of relationships as well. So they, they tend to be long. So if I record porn, I record like a fuck ton of porn. Um, I don't tend to record short short ones. It's kind of all or nothing. Yeah. Oh my god. This episode is already but, amazing. How do you Okay, this is something I'm really curious about because I I'm, I'm very weird. Like I've done some podfix, but I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm like a I'm an amateur podficker, right? Like I'm a dabbler. I've never done anything that's pornographic mm-hmm. specifically for the reason because I'm not actually even sure how I would approach those scenes. Like in my head I'm sitting there thinking like do I do I like sound like I'm doing it? Like, do I get ready and like, like a third person creeper participant doing the thing, like watching them bone and like, ah, becoming breath here. Like, like, what is the correct way to approach this for anyone who is kind of like, how the fuck do I actually do this? Oh gosh. Um, I, I would say let, let the fic be what it wants to be, which sounds very kind of sort of, um, and yeah. After schooly, just like let it find its own way. Um, I would say I tend to keep the narration less less acted than the 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 dialogue. Um, but it really depends. I think just play around with it. I I, I don't. I mean, some people do a whole kind of when Harry met Sally kind of thing, <laughs> sort of the whole faking it thing. I I, I don't go that far because I think there's some things that the internet doesn't need to know. Um, but I because. <laughs> Sorry. Guys, I slash reporter <laughs> listeners who were hoping that Penny would fake an orgasm on the podcast. I think that was her subtle way of saying no. It's not happening, guys. Sorry. So disappointing. We try. I would just say go with what you're comfortable with. Um, I think that's the most important part. If if you wanna do like a full out, you know, gasping, moaning whatever noise you want to make then and and that's what you feel that that you want to bring to the performance then go ahead if you just want to read it you know slightly more measured then then do that there is I don't think there's an accepted way is what I'm trying to say and different people will do it will do it differently I think each reader each project has to work out what what they are comfortable with I tend to be drawn a lot more to sort of comedy so I would say that um if I am reading a sex scene if I'm reading porn there's there tends to be humor in it as well um (laughs) So I tend to sort of emphasise the humorous parts sometimes more than the outright sexy parts. Um, there have been a few fix that I've liked that I've listened back to myself. Oh gosh, okay, that sort of veered more into the audio porn territory than I thought it was going to. I think overall, it's it's what you feel comfortable with as as, as a performer because it's your voice out there at the end of the day. Fair enough. Fair enough. I find that really interesting because as someone who listens to a lot of podfic, mm-hmm. I. I have a tendency to like not listen to the smut, like I, which I recognize is completely bizarre coming from a filthy, <laughs> filthy writer. But I just the the act.
act of listening to the pornography is like, oh God, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> and it clearly it's not because I'm, you know, averse to it. I'm a big fan, but for some reason, just the physical act of listening to it is like a little too much. And I know MK, you definitely don't listen to Podfic That's Money, do you? No, I read all of the porn. <laughs> like I will read like the filthiest of the filth. When it comes to audio, I'm like, oh, God, that person is reading sex to me. I don't think I can do this. <laughs> That's such a strange divide, though, because you and I have also, like, we also watch porn. Yeah. For some reason. I think it goes it goes back to the, the embodiment that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It can be very jarring to realize that this, this person who, you know, shares cat pictures and you know <laughs> whatever she, she posts on her journal is is suddenly reading porn to you but I will say um I can't speak for every podfic but definitely for me when I podfic I am acting if that makes it any any easier to bear uh, it's it's the conscious kind of decision rather than yeah <laughs> a little bit um but some people some people will do the same with fic. I mean, I know people that will skip over sex scenes with fic, and it's just, it's kind of different strokes. <laughs> different strokes with different folks. So many uh, strokes. But, yeah, it, it, I, I can absolutely understand that. <laughs> All right. So, taking a departure from the <laughs> delightfully and enjoyably <laughs> embarrassing topic of porn and pod fic. So, all right. How do you get started doing podfic? Because I know that it has like a higher bar to entry than a lot of other fan work, just by dint of you actually needing some equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't actually need that much equipment now. I think it's probably much easier to start now than it was even two years ago. Um, all you essentially need is something with a microphone and something to edit it with. I use Audacity, which is freeware. Um, I work on a Windows machine, but I think you can get Audacity from Mac as well. Yeah. Or, or if you have a Mac, you probably already have GarageBand, which I know a lot of people use. Um, and a microphone. And my microphone is dirt cheap. <laughs> um, it is seriously, well, the one I've got at the moment, I hate and I want to take back, but the one that broke the I loved was dirt cheap it was about 13 pounds uh, it was a headphone a head mic made for skyping it was a gaming skyping mic dirt cheap and that's all you need and some people don't even use microphones they will use the integrated microphone in the laptop or in their iphone and that's that's what you need so it it's a higher barrier than you know thick where you, you need a pen and paper and a type you know a you know, word processor program or whatever but i would think it probably isn't as high as, as for say bidding and then you find a thick you like and you record it and then you edit it which is soul sucking i don't know a single podfic that likes editing um i think you could win us all over to a dark army if you just promised to edit our podfic for us <laughs> It's, I hate editing. I really hate it. Uh, it takes four times as long to edit a fit than it does to record it for me. Can I know? And I'm fairly quick. Ed- yeah. <laughs> and I'm a fairly quick editor. Painfully aware of how long it takes to edit on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then you upload it somewhere, generally as an MP3, because that's what most people can listen to. And then you hope people listen to it and you sit back and you do not expect comments because if any. Anyone is thinking of getting into Podfic because you think it's suddenly a torrent of comments, then sorry to break it to you guys, it doesn't get very many. That's not why I do it, but I always think I should point it out. Well, it is definitely um, a medium that it suffers from the same thing that vidding does, right? Because Mm -hmm. someone has to like 
go away with yeah. the product that you've created, engage with it. And then like, they probably love it, you know, but it's going to take them like a week or possibly longer to get through with it. And it takes a lot of discipline to go back in. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely understand what people do. Um, and oddly I, I, I get more comments as parts of other conversations. So <laughs> I'll be like, put in a comment in a journal and then someone will go, Penny, I love that pod that you did with whatever, when Arthur baked all the cakes and was a stress baker. And I'm like, oh yeah, that one, great. Glad you liked it. Um, so I, t- I tend to get a lot of incidental comments rather than comments attached to the posts. <laughs> oh, it still sucks though, guys. We should all, we should all make an effort to like double back. Like go listen to your like most listened pod fix and then like go tell those readers that they're fantastic slash report. I'm, sh- I'm sure they would appreciate it. Yeah, like save all the feelings that you were going to jizz all over our Twitter and the podcast. <laughs> Not that that'll stop you guys because MK is going to like talk some more about furries and go all just encourage. <laughs> That's isn't that what our Twitter is for now? No, no, MK. <laughs> That's what our Twitter has been hijacked with. But at least one half of this project is not into the. Ugh, I'm so ashamed about you. <laughs> you so love ashamed. me. I do, and it hurts. One of the things that you mentioned in the how to be a pod thicker uh, procedure that I think is interesting is the part where you, how do you pick a story to pod pick? You know, like what, what about it jumps out at you and how do you go about asking permission? Like I know some authors have blanket permission, mm-hmm. but if they don't, what is the best procedure to do this? Oh, wow. Um, so taking the second part of the question first, um, asking permission is something that I actually find incredibly stressful. <laughs> Yeah, really, really stressful. Um, if it's a blanket permission author, fine. And if anyone is listening who wants to know what blanket permission is, it's essentially a statement somewhere in your journal, generally in your profile, to say, hey, I'm cool with Podfic, you don't need to ask permission. Um, you know, go, Godspeed, have yeah. my blessing. But if they don't have a blanket permission statement, I, I will do things like, okay, I'll prod around in their journal and see if they've got Podfic as friended, because then they might like Podfic. <laughs> or if... if they've had any other pod fix made of their own fic then they might say yes but if I've got nothing to go and it's incredibly stressful um but once I've worked myself up to it then I'll generally send them an email or a message or whatever to say hey I loved this fic um do you mind if I make a pod fic of it if you want to hear what I sound like all my pod fic is here and that's very 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 short that's generally my my asking permission sort of email try like an incredible level of undue paranoia (laughs) (laughs) That might just be me. Maybe other pod figures are far I more just, I love the idea of you're like, I'm going to go check. <laughs> I do. Like that, that is cray, girl. <laughs> <laughs> ultra cray. Ultra cray. Not just cray, ultra. Ultra cray. Like verging into cray cray? Yeah, we're getting to cray cray territory. Oh my lord. <laughs> do other people do this? Like pod figures, like reach out to us. Is this like a sickness that all of you share? Like <laughs> I thought like <laughs> come on, it it can't possibly be that scary. We're all the same type of nerd here. I know people have very strong feelings about podfic and people can have very strongly negative feelings about podfic. Um, seriously? Seriously, seriously. I have never run into this. Like, what what are their objections? Some people think it's really creepy. Um, I've actually read, like, posts <laughs> saying this is... Yeah, and everything else we do in fandom. I was going to yeah, say, like, yeah, have, yeah. have they been on the internet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jensen, Athos, and Preg, fine. Podfic, way beyond the pale. That's so <laughs> creepy. 
compared to the <laughs> stuff that I read on the SPN blindfold game. <laughs> oh, always bring it back uh, to blindfold. Always. Mm-hmm. May it rest in peace. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Like, <laughs> gangbang jokes. G- continue. <laughs> so some people find it creepy. Some people don't don't really get it or don't understand why the people would like it. And that, that can mean that they would they would say no. Sometimes, I mean, I know other podfickers that will, if they, you know, if someone says no, will will ask politely, you know, do you mind telling me why? Yeah. And see if I could work with you to find a way that you would let me record this. I am far too delicate flower for that. So I generally just say, okay, well, thank you for your time and, and go away and seethe. <laughs> and find something else to record. Wait, so how many times have you been, I'm so, I'm, I'm like, so I'm like, wow, my eyes are opening to this whole new world of like, people who say no, um, I no isn't in my vocabulary. Like, how many times have you been turned down? I personally have been turned down twice. Oh, I, I won't. it would be way more than that based on like your fear. <laughs> no, I'm I, a delicate flower. This must be so frequent. No, no, you're just special. Yeah. <laughs> I am special. <laughs> but there's always that there's always that fear because because when I want to record something and this kind of goes back to Pri's question like the first half when I want to record something it's because I have a really strong reaction to it I either love it it's made me laugh it's made me cry it's made me fall in love with a character uh, it has stayed with me and it has mm. touched something in my fanish psyche that I want to bring out and sometimes it's such something that I want to bring out that takes me nine hours <laughs> so <laughs> which is like a Harry Potter pod that I've done and then another abandoned one that they're, they're really long and it's it's it is a labor of love just like writing something that takes nine hours to record is a labor of love right so uh so when I want to public something it's because I love it and I, I want to carry it around with me and I want other people to be able to carry it around with them so for them the person who has produced this to to not see the love that I put into it is quite disheartening so that's why (laughs) we should get some sad final fantasy violin in here (laughs) just like sort of like play in the background while everyone feels depressed about this some plaintive strings (laughs) (laughs) moving on well hopefully people will listen to this and if anyone has hesitations it will help them change their mind Mm -hmm. because i think that i mean what could be more flattering like people want to spend more time with your characters that's kind of fantastic then this kind of goes into what do you think makes a good podfic versus because we've all heard really bad podfic before. I have in fact heard a lot of really bad podfic that I've persevered through because I like the stories. Oh, this is a really difficult question for me because I come from kind of like I'm a bit of a hippie when it comes to this. Oh, do tell. I, I I think if you are happy with what you've created, then it's a good podfic. Oh, no, I think that from from the creator's point of view, right? Like, and from the author's point of view, the story that's been podficked, every podfic is a joy. Mm-hmm. Like, every child is a wonderful creature that's fantastic mm-hmm. and special and beautiful in his own unique snowflake sort of way. And no one should feel bad. Like, I, I say that with sarcasm, but I genuinely mean it. It's like the same way that, like, I dump on badfic all the time, but I genuinely love badfic and I want people to keep writing it so that <laughs> their badfic eventually becomes goodfic. I think for a podfic that I would like to listen to, I think it's hearing in the podficer's voice why they want to record it. So do they have do they have a fondness for characters? You know, is it something that they think is funny? Are they are they funny? 
I like to be able to, to hear why they want why they want to record it, and that that can take different forms. And some some pop figures just have incredibly comforting voices, and I'll listen to anything that they that they produce. Uh, one of my favourites is Flora Schad, and she's has uh, she's German, she has a German accent, and her her voice to me is so incredibly charming. And I will listen to anything she, and she is incredibly charming as well. So, nice. um, but I will listen to anything she records because some some people you, you just react to their voices like that. Mm. So for me, it's it's kind of a voice thing, and that will be put different to different people, obviously. I was going to say this sounds really weird, but anytime that I hear Podfic by someone who's a Kiwi, like someone from New Zealand, mm-hmm. I like it a lot better. Like it doesn't matter who. <laughs> country that fandom is from I'm like oh kiwi accent yes <laughs> it seems like that seems like an unfair advantage the kiwis have to win your heart mk yeah but mm-hmm. only in podfic like only in podfic like, in only- real life <laughs> in real life eat it no i love the kiwis but you like <laughs> for some reason like i love them so much more when they do podfic <laughs> i think that's the thing i love about podfic is that it really brings home to me how kind of international um, fandom can be yeah because you get to hear people's voices I mean it does skew towards English language fandom although I know there are people recording in Spanish and Finnish and there are Latin podfics in the audio, audio archive and you know I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we get elvish ones but um, I really I really like being able to hear people's voices and be reminded that we come from all over the world I just made the most amazing face when you said Finnish <laughs> Sorry. Like I know that no, she oh, likes oh, it. That's not the word I was going to use. It was it was more like a rictus of astonishment or some other meaner word. Really, elvish? Well, not at the moment, but I'm pretty sure the stuff written in like Sindarian. So why not record it? Is Sindarian elvish? Is that what? a text of elvish? It's one of Tolkien's elvish languages. Have I just outed myself as a huge nerd now? I mean, to be fair, you're kind of already in the realm of huge nerd on this podcast. This is step one coming on the slash report. Huge nerd. Yeah, already tarring yourself with the nerd brush. But then, like, when you out nerd us on the type of elvish language <laughs> on the slash report, that's like, that's like, like some high queen nerd action. Good job. Like, you just. Do you have an elvish name, Penny? I know. No. Such a fucking lie. You do. What is that? I, I don't. Honestly, I don't. I, I have. I, I I will give you this nugget of nerdishness. My Tolkien paperbacks have have my real name, like my RL name, uh, and my address written in Elvish letters in the front of them. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what I think you should start doing? What? Do that to like all of your underwear with laundry markers. <laughs> if found, please return. That would be amazing. That would be horrible. The only people who would be returning your underwear are the creepy Cheeto covered <laughs> D and D GMs that stole it to begin with. It could be love at first sight. Prove it up in Elvish and would have your goddamn underwear. You don't know. It could be true love. No, no. It, this is like Apusai stealing your fucking panties and then being like, "This bitch knows Elvish." No, no. She's like, she's like the love of my life. I better what? go back. And listen, sleep under bushes. Listen, here is my scenario. Oh Penny, my god, where's this going? Penny goes to like an all night, uh, like gaming session. You know, <laughs> as you do. I don't know if people do that elsewhere. But in Toronto, it's a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And sleeps with some dude who is playing like a level forty elf. And some dude or some lady. Some dude or some, some lady. Or and, sexy panther. 
and she has to like go to work in the morning and she leaves in oh such a God. hurry that she forgets her under things. But luckily, the person she slept with reads Elvish. And then they okay, fall in love. I would just like to state for the record that even on my worst, my worst mornings, I've never left my underwear. Yeah. And I woke up in an apartment that didn't belong to me or anybody I was friends with in someone else's clothes next to a half-empty bottle of discount pink Corbel champagne, okay? okay listen, listen. One I've morning, still remembered my underwear. One morning, a bunch of us were walking across Dundas into Chinatown so that we could have dim sum. And in two separate bus shelters, we saw two separate pairs of pants. Like, someone had just left their pants. <laughs> so it is not that far-fetched. I it was did winter. enjoy that. <laughs> winter in Canada. And then left in their pants. They, like, abandoned them. Maybe they were emergency pants. It's true. They did Those not pants look couldn't like go emergency. on. They had to leave them behind. Yeah. They didn't look like emergency pants. <laughs> what would emergency pants look like? I, presumably my have Elvish in them. <laughs> Now I want to like now I want to put in like clever riddles, <laughs> science fiction or fantasy answers, and like that somehow are coded for my phone number. You can somehow like if I was just like give you a sequence of like episode names from the X Files, and if you can figure out what season and what F that is, you're like holy shit, this is that girl's phone number. Call, <laughs> watch nine seasons of this garbage and get progressively drunker as we go. Like, that could actually work out. I might actually do that. That would be amazing. You should do that immediately. It could immediately. help sort out the wheat from the chaff. Immediately. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it so. Engage. Yeah. I think we're good. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> I would see how many other, like, Picard comments. <laughs> well, okay. Hot. <laughs> I was going to keep going, but I thought that maybe I had gone too far. There's no too far, okay? There is only not far enough. <laughs> You've just done, like, slash report RPF. I don't think there's that much further to go. <laughs> Wait, how did we RPF ourselves? Well, no, you made up a story about me sleeping with some dude and leaving my knickers behind. It's that is not, true. Not only is it slash report RPF, it's like minor character slash report <laughs> RPF. Like, rare pairing. Well, that's because the main characters are boring and nobody gives a shit about this annoying patriarchal constructed romance that we put in here. So Valid. it's much more interesting to do the Bechtel version of the side characters I'm so as everyone in knows. It's it's very sad to me that no one will ever ship me with you, Prue. What the fuck are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? It's so tragic. It's so tragic. Don't. What about my dreams? Wait, you have dreams about being shipped with me? Yeah. But what is this? Some sort of like murder suicide <laughs> act? You have like fantasized about <laughs> on the internet? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't want to spoil you. So, you know. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, what would our pairing name be? I don't know. Prue Klutz? Mm, Rage Klutz? Rage Klutz sounds like a dangerous disorder. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> one diagnosed with after. They've been to a war zone. John Watson diagnosed with rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we're terrible. We have to move on. Um, one thing that I did want to jump back before that whole terrible thing happened in the middle um, was about accents in pod. Uh -huh. Yeah. They don't bother me. I like listening to different accents. And generally speaking, it doesn't affect my appreciation of the story. But do you think that's like a, do you think that's a thing? Like, 
if someone is doing a very <laughs> series in an American accent or doing an American series in like, I don't know, a Kiwi accent, do you think that affects like the quality of the story or like, do people worry about that sort of thing? Um, I think public is worried about it more than listeners do. Um, I've had people like comment to me, oh, I really want to do Podfit, but my fandom's American and, and I'm, you know, French or whatever. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really matter because <clears throat> we don't ask to see the author's nationality before we read their fic. So for me, the performer's nationality shouldn't matter. I mean, I've recorded predominantly in um, fandoms that aren't English. I mean, Merlin is the only one that's really, really all kind of English. I mean, half of the exception is, I suppose, but um, I don't tend to record much as Eames. So it doesn't bother me. It also doesn't bother most listeners. I occasionally get people saying, oh, I, I couldn't really listen to you because, um, I, you know, it's 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 Jensen and Jared and they're Texan and it was really weird to listen to an <laughs> English accent, um, which is their prerogative. They absolutely don't have to listen to me. But to me, no, it doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter. Yeah, I, that, I find that... I don't know. I don't know if that's a specious argument or kind of a flawed one, considering most of the people who record SPN RPF are probably not doing it in a proper Texan accent either. Yeah, because the boys don't have Texan accents either. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not exactly... Pardon? If we're going to start with that, if people are going to be like, oh, your accent is wrong, most of us are ladies, and we're really pretty <laughs> yeah, much cute. Exactly. And we're not like... <laughs> well, we're dropping our voices here. That, yeah, we think that we're ladies. We don't know for sure. <laughs> Uh, I'd say we're mostly ladies. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know. Have we? Has, have I ever found a single male podficker? Um, there are a couple. I think. Oh, they do exist. Yeah, they exist. Um, I I can't remember any names off the top of my head, but there are a couple. Hmm. Okay. Because mm. I was trying to think of like what fandoms they're actually in, but I mean the fandoms that I used to share that had a large male population were anime fandoms, and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know that Podthick is a big thing there or any the, outside of the slash fandom. There's some anime Podthick. Um, you get it cropping up in Amplific Amplificathon which is a, a perfect challenge that's running at the moment because there's not a lot in the archive, so people get lots of points for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you guys have, like, somehow constructed. So, uh, Penny, you're going to have to explain Amplificathon, but before you do, I have to say that, like, A-plus to the pod figures are coming up with, like, the most complicated, complicated fan work challenge that I've ever experienced where people have to actually do math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. victorious. Wait, you have to do uh, math? Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. There really are many, many. Com- uh, well, Amplificathon is uh, a yearly challenge that's run on the com of the same name, and it was set up to get more stuff into the um, the audio archive, which is the big kind of central place where a lot of podfickers keep their work. Mm-hmm. And essentially, you record podfick and you get points based on uh, the rarity of the fandom, the rarity of the pairing, uh, the length of the recording, and the language that the recording's in. Because we really want to encourage people to to get stuff into the archive that isn't, you know, English, Western media fandoms, essentially. So, for example, if you're recording Spanish, you'll get more points than if you record in English. And so you post your recording, then you top your points up. So you get, you know, a, a blanket. You post a pod feed, you get five points. And then you you might get two points if it's, you know, not a very well represented fandom. Uh, five if it's a new one that the archive hasn't seen before or a new pairing. And then you tot it all up. And then at the end of the, you know, three, four month period, there is a winner announced and they get a prize. And uh, it runs every year. A lot of people love it. I don't participate anymore because it was making me really stressed. <laughs> but 
very competitive by nature. Except during Amplificathon, where it will take down any bitches who get... She's like, no, that's my rare pairing in Dragon Ball Z, not yours. Uh, For me, it's really great because it's uh, often when a lot of people start polyficking because they'll see people doing it and I think, oh, no, I could just, I could record something that's that's three minutes long and I'll get points for it. So a lot of new people start during during Amplificathon. and it's been going years and it's always there's always loads of really interesting stuff that comes out of it because people look for rare pairings they look for new fandoms they look for different ways of doing fan works so yeah that's what it is so it's like audio yuletide kind of yeah kind of that's a good way to describe it okay i think also it's 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 a joy for people who like the medium who like podfic because you can sort of just like go there and be like okay what's you know, like you, it's almost like seeing like the little sushi conveyor about you like have no idea what's coming up. It'd be something you've never, like I've listened to podfic and fandoms that I've like never been in before yeah. it's because I didn't even know that like the story existed. And so sometimes the first time I run across a story is in the podfic format. It's really interesting. I love mm-hmm. that. I love Amplificathon. Also people get crazy competitive about it, Penny. Yes, they do. <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> For her own I, safety. That recusing, I think that being so crazy, you have to recuse yourself from the competition. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> it. And I'd be like roaming the streets, crazy-eyed, microphone in hand. <laughs> that's a beautiful image. Thank you. It's very charming. Now I'm like mentally pasting you onto the like the line in front of the Primark that we were <laughs> we started recording. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right. I think we've reached the point in our discussion where (laughs) we should probably give people some recommendations. So for the longtime listeners, people who are new to the medium, what are some of your favorites? And uh, again, we said bring Rex and we said they didn't have to be podfix. So Mm -hmm. throw anything at them you want. (laughs) Okay. I've got three recs, two of which are podfics. Um, so I'll do the, the non-podfic rec first. And it's um, a story called Space Looks a Lot Like New Jersey. It's a bandon story uh, with uh, My Chemical Romance as the central characters. And it's by JJ Taylor. And it was posted a couple of weeks ago as part of Bandom Reverse Big Bang, which I will, I'd like to talk a little bit about afterwards if we've got time. Sure. Um, and it's a space opera. So it's, the band in space and in about 8,000 words, JJ creates this absolutely amazing sense of atmosphere and history and this kind of group of people on the edge of space kind of floating around in, in something that you know something big's gone on because they, they're having to scavenge for ship parts and there's a group of people that are after ships and they have to blow ships up so they don't get them. So you get this sense that like a, a war has happened, like almost like a, a, a Firefly-esque war has happened. Right. And one of the characters, um, the two characters were in a relationship and the one has has cut himself off from from the other. And it's about how the ship as a family comes together and it's just it's a really really evocative atmospheric kind of space opera kind of thick it's eight thousand words long it's not very long but once you've finished it you feel like you've been in this kind of completely different society for you know you feel like you've lived in this society and grown up in it it's amazing and jj is one of the authors i think that um she's she's someone i've podfit before and she always has this amazing way of creating an atmosphere and creating a sense of of world world building. And uh, she does it really brilliantly in this. So I definitely recommend that one. And the two podfics I've got, I've got um, a traditional podfic and a podfic not fic. 
Um, so the traditional podfic first. Um, we spoke about experiencing stories of podfic for the first time, and this happened to me with this one. It's called Carrying Dangerous Goods, mm -hmm. and it's recorded by Didificus, and it's a story by, I think, November Smith. And it's a Generation Kill Temeraire crossover. Nice. Amazing. I know. Um, and so it's set, you know, the 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 historical period is Temeraire, so it's Napoleonic Wars. And I had never read any of the Temeraire books. I had never seen Generation Kill. I had no desire to see Generation Kill. It's that that kind of sort of military thing just isn't really the thing a, a thing that I enjoy watching. But I knew Dodificus, I knew her recordings, I knew that she would be good, mm -hmm. and I was intrigued by the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weak to dragons to indeed who so, isn't? <laughs> other than you who isn't <sighs> so i downloaded it it's five hours long and this is the first time first way that i'd experienced this story and it is for those of you who maybe don't know temeraire essentially it's the napoleonic wars with added dragons and they form an, an aerial force and so it's it's the characters from Generation Killer, Brad and Nate, and it follows them from being young kind of uh, boys in the aerial corpse to them getting their own dragon and then growing up and you know essentially falling in love. And Dodificus has this amazing. Wait, sort just of... to be clear, they're both humans, right? It's not. They like don't they fall in love with the dragon. dragon. I'm just checking because that shit happens all the fucking time. No. <laughs> The slash pairing is human, human. Thank Christ, continue. There's no dragon fucking at all. Um, Sorry. I, okay. I like that that's like a, a little clarification we had to make. <laughs> you, like everyone was thinking it, I just articulated it. Um, so Dodificus is um, a fantastic, she had this amazing kind of dry sense to her reading. She, she, her, I think her accent helps. Um, she she has an Australian accent, but she has this really kind of dry sense to her reading that really, really fits one of the central characters in the story who is very kind of competent and a little bit straight laced, but can absolutely kind of flip if if pushed. And the voices of the dragons are wonderful. And as I said, I'd never read Temeraire before and I went and got the books afterwards. And when I read the books, every dragon has an Australian accent. <laughs> Incredibly charming. Aww. In my in my head, they all sound like Didificus. So that's like a, a traditional podfic. And a little one that I think a lot of people will enjoy, and which I think is just incredibly cute, is a recording of a notfic. Uh, I'm not sure whether other fandoms has this, but fandom has this tradition of sort of half fic, half conversation, half chat transcript thing. So it's just kind of dashed off, and it's very conversational. There's generally lots of kind of smileys and emoticons. Right. And this one is called Frank the Failiest Vampire. <laughs> uh, it's written by Mistress Kirby and it's recorded by Isviden. And it's a very conversational fic about Frank Aero, who's the rhythm guitarist from My Chemical Romance, deciding to front up to the world and say that he is a vampire. And he's <laughs> going to make this statement to the world that he's, he's a vampire. And it plays with the fact that my chemical romance tend to get called vampires a lot anyway. So no one believes that he's a vampire. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Good, good on. And um, Isweden reads it in this kind of wonderful conversational way. But she pronounces the smileys and the emoticons. There's lots of like smiley face, frowny face, you know, <laughs> sideways face, whatever. And she's found ways to actually pronounce them. And it's never something I would have tried. I wouldn't have even thought, I, I couldn't have even thought about how I would do it but suddenly when she does it it makes 
perfect sense. And it's hilarious. And it's only about seven minutes long, but it is seriously hilarious. So I think if you want to give Podfic a try, it's like someone chatting to you, this one. It's like someone telling you a story. So I'd, I'd recommend that one as well. Excellent. That actually sounds incredibly adorable. It is, it is adorable. It's so cute. Uh, like she makes a little kind of <laughs> noise when there's a smiley face and sort of <laughs> noise when someone's sad. And when someone has star eyes, she's like, and his star eyes. So cute. It's adorable. That sounds precious. Um, MK, you're up next. <laughs> how much sexy panther is in your Rex this week? How much, yeah. how, you know what? How much, how much spirit wolf? How much sexy panther <laughs> how is about, in your Rex? I will give you a spirit wolf rating at the end of each story. Okay, <laughs> scale, folks. Toronto uh, scale. Toronto scale. Oh, that's, I don't know. <laughs> Let's not do that. I, I have two wrecks this week, neither of which are podfix, sadly. The first one is a whip, but please read it because it's already pretty far in and it seems to have been updated fairly recently and like it's it's amazing. It's a suit spec called Needs Must by That Other Perv as opposed to That Perv. And okay, I was looking through my pin board and I saw someone bookmark this and they had tagged it as previously the one where Mike is a paid sub. And I was like, that sounds terrible. I'm clicking on it. <laughs> Uh, no, it's amazing. It's like super amazing. Uh, the basic premise is that sometimes when Mike needs money and he can't do enough test scores, he like will be someone's sub for 48 hours or whatever. And sometimes it's horrible and sometimes it's fine, whatever. He's not that into it, but like it pays well. And then he gets his grandmother's like, you need $25,000 for your grand to get the best care ever. Finally goes to the guy who he does this stuff for and he's like, fine. Uh, I know that you had a guy who wanted me for like long term that I've never been with before, whatever. I'll do it. But here are my requirements. Like I need like 15000 up front and 10000 by the end of the first week. Uh, and obviously the person who wants him is Harvey. And it's, I don't know how to explain it. Like, because it's from Mike's perspective, when he goes in, he's like, this is going to be fucking creepy. I don't know if I like this. And then he goes in there and everything is kind of amazing. And it's at eight chapters so far, like eight very long chapters. At the end of chapter eight, he's like, just realized that he's in love with Harvey and that is a terrible idea. It's, yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing. Like, you should absolutely read it. I have this opened up in a tab. Yeah, you should. And then the other one is Don't Hate Me. It's a Teen Wolf fic. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Are you leaving the room? Is that what just happened? I'm spiritually leaving the room. <laughs> All right. I leaned back away from the computer so, like, your sexy wolf action wouldn't get all over me. Shut up. Just, just deal with it. Oh, so much shame. It's... <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Anyways, it's called. Uh, <laughs> stop it! No. I keep I keep trying to mute myself when I laugh, and I just keep laughing even after I stop the muting. <laughs> I hate you so much. Serious times. Serious times. With Team Wolf. Okay. Serious times. Okay. Uh, okay. It's called. I can hear you laughing. My light is on your screen. 
by Stroke of Genie, um, and it's a Derek Styles fic in which it's about cross-dressing. Like, essentially, Styles goes to this party, and before he goes, he runs into Lydia, and it's a costume party, and Lydia's like, you're gonna dress as a girl. And Styles is like, I think that's a really bad idea, and she's like, I'm taking you shopping. Takes him shopping, does him up, like, stuffs his bra, like, it does the full works. Except that when he gets to the party, like, no one recognizes him for a while. They're just like, hey, that chick is hot. Because Styles is beautiful. He has a beautiful face. Would he actually make a hot girl, or is this the way, like, fandom, like, deludes itself into thinking random dudes would be hot women? I'm looking at you, Sherlock fandom. Yeah, honestly, Sherlock fandom, that doesn't work. Um, you know what, it's hard to say, because he's, like, 16, but he has, like, a beautiful mouth and nice skin and a shaved head, so he could wear a wig and it would look natural. I I nearly (laughs) shat myself when you said he has a beautiful mouth. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Essentially, he's at the party, shit happens, he's like making out with people, and then he runs into Derek, and Derek, yeah, I'm just gonna end it there. Suffice to say you should read it, uh, it's definitely NC-17, you should read it. How, are there any warnings we have to answer this one, MK? No, just like cross-dressing. And no, I I'm like, like is, is anyone getting nodded here? Mm. <laughs> I can't believe I fucking have to explicitly that. <laughs> is that I'm going to put like a dog type penis into someone else? It's like not even a concern for me anymore. Uh, I can't remember. Oh my god, check! <laughs> I don't think anyone gets nodded. Oh my god! <laughs> but I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I think it's time for your Rex. <laughs> I think this is... Do you hear that noise, MK? That's the that's the shovel. Scraping the last layer of earth between us and China. Like, this is the lowest of the low. Racist. Get on with your files. I can say that because I'm Chinese. You're basically digging your way to my grandmother's house because of nodding. Think about how annoyed my grandmother is going to be. Your grandmother would love me. I have impeccable manners. My grandmother hates everyone. Um, okay. She's a horrible person, guys. It's okay. All right. I Please find out if there's nodding. And put the warning <laughs> on the post page, MK. I'll check right now. How's that? You know yes. what? There is no nodding. I just checked. Okay, good. I went edit Our find guys. not, and the only knot was someone, like, tying a shirt. <laughs> I can't believe that, like, I went to college and have, like, a job, and this is what I do voluntarily on the weekend. Well, come on. What else were you going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not interrogate you about nodding in stories. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you my Rex. Hopefully it'll cleanse the palate a little. I actually have a ton um, because I have three pod fics oh, wow. um, and two fan fics that I'm going to go ahead and get us started off with. <clears throat> the first one that I want to recommend is called polyglot by marmoset polyglot is right off the bat uh a mycroft lestrade pre-slash story and i and you can even read it like not pre-slash even though it's part of the running joke in the story that's hilarious it's very short it's incredibly clever but basically a much younger greg lestrade who's just graduated from the police academy goes to visit a cousin at um i don't remember if it's cambridge or oxford and they accidentally walk into a pub in the middle of what is apparently like a running bet where there's a huge circle of people and one kid in the middle of it just dropping multiple languages um and the bet is that he can't speak 16 or some ludicrous number fluently so this is one of those really really charming stories where essentially obviously like the brilliant genius in the middle is Mycroft Holmes and he is 
essentially complaining about this bet in foreign languages for the majority <laughs> of this bet until he spots Greg Lestrade, at which point he starts querying the room about who this hot piece of ass is in foreign <laughs> languages. It is incredibly funny and really charming. This is one of those stories where it seems really unassuming, but the I've read it like a half dozen times now. I love it so much. It's it just makes me giggle and it's really fun. And I like to imagine the future where Greg has completely forgotten about this interaction, but somewhere down the line, like Mycroft's like terrible, like bear trap mind is like, yes, you were the hottie that I did not hit it with. <laughs> and I'm going to get you now. That is exactly uh, how I felt after finishing that story. It was like, when is it happening? When? Right? Like Mycroft is totally going to have to hit that eventually. And he will be breathing in Welsh as he's doing it or something. Yes. Uh, the second of my recs is, guys, we're so excited. Basingstoke posted the sequel to Swanlock, and it's called no. The Unexpected Things. Shut up, MK. Like, seriously? You call you me a furry? Stuff. You swan fucker? <laughs> I, the thing is, M, I can legitimately say that this rec is so much less objectionable than, like, most of your existence, right? <laughs> Just, just carry on with your swans. I will. Your weird animal things. <laughs> They're awesome. So we're back for a second installment of the swan who is not named Sherlock and the duck who is not named John. And this is the aftermath of the Regent Park mystery extravaganza. And it's springtime in the park. And they are officially sort of like married birds now. And they have like stupid, hilarious adventures. Now, part of the reason for everyone who's been listening to me talk about this series and they're thinking like, holy shit, she sexually abuses seabirds. Like this is the only reason that <laughs> anybody is like super into birds. Let me tell you something. This is not like a typical, like their animal story where they talk and like have animal lives and are cute. They're very much wild birds. The birds themselves don't have any dialogue or anything, but they have kind of these like ludicrous, charming, perfect characterizations because Gav said it best. Sherlock is totally a swan. He is like mean and pale and weird and has a long neck and like hates everybody. And he can break your arms by flapping at you. Like all of these things are completely personality accurate. And of course he would decide to build his nest on like the stage where everyone has to perform and then like attack everyone when they try to move it for a performance. Like these are all like joyful little delights for the swan that is not named Sherlock and his husband, the long-suffering duck who is not named John. But here's like the best part of this story. Guys, I didn't even anticipate this, but it's kid fic. <laughs> it's fic. They get an egg. They get an egg. And then Lestrade's daughter spends a lot of time wondering which one of them is the wife bird. You have to fucking read this story. It's so cute. Stoke is so good to all of us. Like, come on, guys. Go click on it. Click on it hard. I hate you so much. <laughs> whatever. I will have the moral high ground of you forever. It's like, not whatever. Say whatever. Uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know who didn't just have to go check whether or not her had nothing in it? Because well, no. I'd skip over that now. In that would real be life? In real life, one of us lived like girls in books live, and one of us lived like a proper girl. <laughs> that sentence made no sense to anybody other Who than had, like you. adventures the like the kind of like embarrassing, terrible things that only happen to people in Sweet Valley High. <laughs> I really hope that the stories that I've told you didn't happen in Sweet Valley High because that makes them very inappropriate for YA. Okay, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. But, you know, 
I just like frankly don't think that it's such a big deal. If you've got it, you should use it. No. Anyway, the first podfic recommendation is one of the best podfics I've heard still to date. It's um, Anything Worth Dying For. The story is written by Waldorf. It's read by, uh, why is your username impossible? It's 2-N-A-O-N-H-3 underscore C-L-2. It's a chemical formula. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. Dicerine something? I don't know. I don't, I think once upon a time she told me it was mustard gas, but I can't tell whether or not she was just teasing me. <laughs> But anything worth dying for is the way the apocalypse should have gone down in Supernatural. Like, if you're one of those people who really liked Supernatural, but then, like, felt that after season four, you were just continually being punched in the face forever having feelings for it. That was me. Yeah, that was also me. Um, you should definitely listen to anything worth dying for, which is this enormous, sprawling story that is not... It's about all of the apocalypse. It's about all of the hunters. It's about the consequences of ordinary people having to become aware of what's happening. And it also has a thread of romance in it, but it's by no means the central purpose of the story. It's really comprehensive. It's beautifully written. I mean, like you guys know Waldorf. She's a very good writer and this story is very well written. What makes it even more amazing is the read on it is beautiful. Like uh, Chanel has this sort of lovely church reverence in her voice when she does this story um and I'm, I, I it doesn't sound preachy but you definitely hear it in a way where it's it, it's almost sounds like someone is reading to you out of the gospel of chuck you know <laughs> and it's lovely and she's incorporated all sorts of interesting multimedia elements into it like there's music um there's different pieces that all get woven in and it's completely engrossing uh when it first came out i downloaded it and i was just gonna like listen to it on my commute and i started the file and i think i ended up like curled up in bed at like 3 30 in the morning still listening to this damn story because I, I wanted to know how it ended and i wanted to know how it ended through the context of this performance of the story and this is one of those where i hadn't read the text beforehand mm-hmm. so this was the first way I experienced the story and it was absolutely magical. So I would actually recommend you listen to it first before you read it, which is, it's also a beautiful read, but I would listen to it first because it's so comprehensive and interesting. Um, my second recommendation, no blushing penny is going to be three ah! tasks. Yeah. <laughs> three tasks written by <laughs> red, their esteemed guest, but Three Tasks is one of those stories where I liked it. This was one I read before I listened to the podcast, where I liked this story, but I didn't laugh out loud. I smiled, but I didn't laugh out loud. When I was listening to your real story, it was a fucking hyena. Like, oh my God. Disgracing myself in public. Because like, just imagine me on the end train in New York, just like one of those <laughs> crazy people who sits there and giggles at themselves. <laughs> Because, like, this story is kind of, like, the perfect farce, right? Like, it's so yeah. ludicrous and perfect. And just all these, like, ridiculous little... What colour are his magical, like, robes? They're, 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 li- they're lilac and the tassels are dragons. Yeah. They're lilac fucking robes for arbitrating suitable suitor disputes. Um, and it's Arthur Pendragon <laughs> wearing lilac robes and taking this enormous weight upon himself. And... Um, I think that with a story like this, there's a way to like overplay that hand and there's a way to underplay that hand. Or you could be, you know, Jeeves, you know, you play 
perfectly flat like fucking Stephen Fry. Mm-hmm. It's just so dryly humorous. It's one of the most enjoyable listens you can have. Like oh. if you haven't heard this, like definitely hit it up and be somewhere private because you will laugh out loud. And it's hilarious. I enjoy it a lot. Thank you so much for recording that. Then. Oh guys, thank you. <laughs> Uh, and there's one more that I have to find again because I'm a loser and I lost it somewhere on my iTunes. Here it goes. Um, my last recommendation is for a J2 RPS story called So Close to My Heart. It's written by... Oh, I like, I like that one. Sorry. I love it. I love it. So Close to My Heart, written by Audra Rose and read by Juice817. This is actually the only podfic of Juices that I've ever listened to, but I love the read on it. It's so, when you were saying earlier, some readers are really soothing. Mm-hmm. She is very soothing. And it's, um, and this is 100% a compliment, but it's one of those podfics where you listen to it and the reader voice almost vanishes. Like, you're very much just like in the body of this story, which is... Mm-hmm. Um, an alternate universe where Jensen is a single father who lives in Seattle and has a son who was born with like very intense heart conditions. And Jared is a pediatric cardiologist or like a pediatric cardio heart surgeon or something like that. So they know each other through this and it's, it's set in Seattle and it's so Seattle and it's a fan. It's just like a really good rom-com story, you know, like it should be starring Aaron Eckhart and Jennifer <laughs> Aniston. And it's, it's a thoroughly enjoyable story. It's really cute. I'm obviously weak to kid fic, but it's all, but it, part of its charm is you won't notice that you're listening to a pod fic. You kind of just instantly get sucked down into the story. And um, she does a really, really good job. You know, like you're never distracted by her performance of it. You're mostly just enjoying the story, which I think is one of the best things someone can do when they're doing a story when they're doing a fanfic like this. But yeah, everyone should check those out. Yeah, Juice does a lot of J2 and she's brilliant. She does some really, really good ones. What, which other ones has she done? Oh gosh, she's done loads. Oh, cracky, put me on the spot now. Like, I'm going to follow up because J2 yeah. fiction is essentially like, don't, like everyone who's wary of J2 RPF, like don't worry about it. Has zero relationship with Jensen and Jeremy. Oh god, no, it is basically just rom-coms. It's basically just like gay rom-com. Like yeah. if you ever want to read like really fun gay rom-coms, like it's like the day where you like want to watch Love Actually, just go read J2 fanfic, J2 AUs, because it's like the per- it's like the exact same genre. <laughs> but yeah, before we go, uh, Penny, you wanted to say something about uh, fandom reverse Big Bang? Oh yeah, and um, that was where one that's where the fic I am um, I wrecked came from, and I think it's just a really interesting idea of a challenge that's starting to incorporate podfic um, into kind of that challenge scheme because normally with a, a Big Bang, obviously you write a fic and then you get art and sometimes like a fan mix from it. And for a verse bang, you traditionally draw a picture and someone will be inspired from that. Um, but what Band and Reverse Big Bang did this year was that they asked podfickers to create vo- vocal pieces for it as well. So you could um, do a little scene, uh, you could make one up or you could read one and then someone would pick that from you and from that would create a piece of fic from it. And I, I I I did an open scene and someone picked one. I was lucky enough to get picked by um, by Lalihandra and she did a lovely um, fic for me. But I think it was a really interesting way of how Podfic is starting to kind of integrate itself more into that kind of. So we're moving out of our corner of fandom and, and <laughs> becoming, you know, more integrated into other things. And I think it was a really interesting and innovative way for the for the, for the challenge 
interesting to run and I, I really enjoyed being part of it. So um, I would say if anyone's interested in kind of fandom fic to have a listen to some of the open scenes and see what created what was created from them because it's it was really interesting seeing what authors bought out of the performances that Podficus had created. And I'm not saying that just because I, I was one of them, but because I think it's a really interesting phenomenon. No, that does sound really cool. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's a I wonder if that only works because you have it's a heavily music-based fandom, but I guess if it's conversational pieces and little one-offs like that, that could work with any fandom. Yeah, it was just, I mean, all I, I did a dialogue piece, and to be honest, I was thinking about werewolves. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, MK, don't. Oh, MK fandom is full of werewolf, but it's amazing. But, um, and that clearly didn't come across in my voice because what was <laughs> created for me was this. This amazing, like, sad piece, kind of full of sort of a, a quiet longing and a quiet sort of sense of hope that I I was fascinated that the author had pulled out of it. And it's really interesting to see what some of the authors got from some of the vocal performances. That's really cool. Yeah, that would be really neat if we saw that spread more. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, I think that we have sworn and talked about Podfix and Sexy Wolves enough. Yeah. To your ear for the week. <laughs> We're very sorry that you had to endure MK, but no. we're very glad that we all got to share this long, 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 long hour. <laughs> Guys, write into our Twitter, it's Slash Report, and just tell her that you love me best. You know what? I don't even doubt that people love you best, and that's kind of the worrying thing. <laughs> I'm like, gonna... I'm fully aware that I'm, like, the unfun adult square I'm... on this podcast. <laughs> I like coming on the weekend and we buy junk food and just watch action movies. Let them, like, you let the kids microwave their shorts. <laughs> yep. Terrible. Holy fucking terrible. Wait, wait. Can I say, okay, one of the best pranks that I have ever heard of. Okay. Uh, was, who was it? One of the girls at work, her brother, when he was a kid, would, like, not wash his underwear or something. Like, he would just, like, would just buy new underwear. Okay. And he, okay. ran, he ran out of underwear. But... The day before he he's down to like his last pair of underwear, one of the siblings takes it all, puts it in a bucket of water, empties the freezer, and <gasps> puts the underwear in the bucket of water in the freezer. So that the next morning he's like, where's all my underwear? And they're like, check the freezer. And it is a solid block of ice. That's amazing. That is beautiful. Right? <laughs> that is fantastic. That is a much more interesting version of the bra in the freezer trick. Totally. Because it's like a solid... Like a giant block. Like there's the best part is do. that you're gonna have to defrost that somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no unembarrassing way to melt a chunk of your underwear in Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll never melt, basically. No. <laughs> you're fucked. Uh, my senior class prank, which I was not part of, was so effective it almost got school canceled for a day. <laughs> but what they basically did was the day before. Like, basically, final exams were over, which meant that we had, like, a week of dicking around, and I wish they hadn't mandated being present, because that's what happens when you force a bunch of people who are about <laughs> to go to college to sit around on their asses for a week doing nothing. They come up with terrible pranks. Yes. So what they did was they went to, like, a Home Depot and bought, like, quick, quick dry cement. <laughs> And then he came in in like midnight or something on campus because it wasn't, it's like not like a gated campus. It was so huge that you really couldn't seal it off. And it's like, I grew up in North Carolina, so security was shit, right? You had like some rednecks in a truck. Um, <laughs> they came in and they stuck quick, uh, quick dry cement in every double lock. No. Yeah. So basically every external door had quick dry cement stuck in the lock. 
And then all the trailers and the gym and facilities and sheds, like everything got quick dry cement on it. Oh my Um, God. And the only reason they didn't have to cancel classes because people couldn't get into the main buildings is because one of the kids who had done it had apparently gotten freaked out at the last minute and like had heard like a police car passing by or something and had run off without fully sealing one of the doors to the East building (laughs) or something. But like the janitorial staff and the principal were able to like force their way into the building and like kick down all the other doors. That is amazing. Fucking champion. I don't know who did this. I don't know who came up with it, but you guys are rock stars. And <laughs> someone else should do it this year, but they should succeed in the way <laughs> my graduating class did not. But we were all we were all gonna be failures because I mean, like it was telegraphed strongly. Like our class song was I miss the bus. So <laughs> we all knew that wasn't gonna go well for us. I I don't know whether to be proud of you or not. I don't know either, because I didn't vote for that song. Good, good I voted job. back that ass up. So. Of course you did. I have needs, and they involve backing up asses. That's what. And on that note, guys. <laughs> we have to end this. We have to end this. Yes. We have to end this. Penny, thank you so much for coming on. It's been awesome having you here with us. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been great talking to you. All right, good stuff. <laughs> As ever, uh, check us out on Twitter at Slash Report. Visit our website at slashreport.com. And, you know, send us all your thoughts, feelings, and uh, all your werewolf wrecks. We Thanks, will guys. get to your fandom safari soon, I promise. Yes, we promise. Just um, not this week. <laughs> and that's it for us this week. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we will see you on the flip side. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, I am just gonna do. Here, Dad, how do I sit? How do you, what? Sitting is hard. <laughs> so there is one episode in the annals of Slash Report where if you listen to it, you're like, where did Lepicus go? <laughs> Wasn't she here? Just gone. And now, like, now there is only like the distant echo of shame. That's <laughs> her. Shame. Exactly. And I will play sexy animal Slash Report drinking. <laughs> Just, yeah, they did my homework for me. Yeah, exactly. We're uh, sexy wolves. Listen. Yeah. So Use People can use deductive logic. They, we've now watched two seasons of Sherlock. We have learned. Uh, I have faith in the listeners. I do I not. Don't.